Blog Talk Radio. Started the show, the Bruins were winning four to two. Amazing how that shit works out. The George Bruce show back. Back again. We're back. <laughs> Tell your friends. Unless it's Lou. Unless it's Lou. Unless it's Lou. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey. Oh. Speaking of him, he called into like the like nighttime show one night, and I'm like, I am okay. not dealing with him. Just on this show. I, I just wasn't dealing with him. Why not? Can you hear me? George. Bueller. Bueller. Can you hear me now? Hello.
Can you hear me now? I'm still not going to lie. I really do hate the Direct Connect feature on Blog Talk using Microsoft Edge. Why, there you are. Yeah, that's where I am. It could be worse. It could be the Coyotes. Hold on. I think I just heard them get scored on again. Yeah, those poor little bats. It couldn't happen. It could not happen to a better guy. I'm sorry. Did they not, like, pass animal cruelty laws? They, they should not be getting beat down like this. It's like it's an avalanche or something. That was that was just a team. Like, I remember when I played, like, roller hockey, right, like in high school. Like in the city league, right, and we're sitting there, we're playing, whatever, and it's like we're getting, like, obliterated in, like, game one of a best of three where the best of three was the same day. It was like <laughs> – Game started at two, game two started at three, and then if it went to game four, it was. Remember, like the RHI, like they did yep. dumb. If it goes to game three, it's like there's no game three. You just play like a like an overtime period. Well, that's the rules mm-hmm. they use for this. <clears throat> and like we're getting our doors blown off us in game one. And I just said to, like, two other guys that, like, you know, it was like a, a rec league, so it wasn't like there was coaches and stuff, you know? And right. I just said, it's halfway through the third period. Let's go, like, it wasn't even, it was like halfway through the second period. We are going like 5 nothing. I said, let's go. He's like, where are we going? I'm like, let me know when the next game starts. And nobody can understand why I did it. I said, we blew the doors off the team in the second game. And none of them was, and, and these were guys that like went to St. Peter's that we were playing. None of them had a fucking clue as to where did Brew go? <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> After a game, one game comes up to me and goes, where the fuck did you go in the first game? I was like, the same place you should have won the second game, stupid. They should have went to Sister Mary went, Clarence instead of St. Peter's. I legit went in, drank a Gatorade, took my skates off, and just hung out. Took my skates off, took my roller hockey pants. I, I took all my gear off. Put my gloves over the fucking air dryers. Like, literally, sat, stood in the bathroom with my gloves on the air dryers going... I ain't doing this shit. Um, the hurricanes um, in the first two periods were legit going to be a Cat 5 storm. And and it was like the lucky Cat 5 storms. And now the Bruins have turned them into like one of the ones that go out to sea. 15 nothing third period shots. That's devil's life. Another 
couldn't happen to a better team. Exactly. I can't believe people want Jack Edwards' job, by the way, over his don't poke the bear comments. And, like, the guy who was, like, he's spearheading it, Evander Kane. He called Jack Edwards classless and a homer. No shit. Well, that, that's, uh, like, surprising news, right? Oh, by the way, just in case you haven't noticed, um, there no, actually might be a good, a, a, a good, uh, is it? No, it's still 4-2. No, it's 4-3. Oh, there you go. It's a category four. Oh, category three now. Uh, no, I'm actually watching. I'm actually watching a little bit of uh, the NBA playoffs here, and one of the teams I have for an upset is looking really good right now. The Boston Bruins. Mavericks Boston are, are beating the. Oh. No, the Mavericks are beating the Clippers. Started a third. I couldn't believe. Like I, I'm sitting there today. Like I, you know, I just was like I wasn't feeling it and didn't want to go to work. Which is why we're here. And, um, you know, like, it, it, it was funny because, like, I'm sitting there and I'm, oh, that was nice. With 127 to go, we scored. Why do I have this feeling like the Bruins have beat James Reimer in the playoffs before? Did he play for Toronto? Yeah, but was was he the goalie? Oh, that went off McAvoy. I want to say he was number one goalie, was he not? Was he their number one goalie in 13? I want to say yes. I almost forget, but then again, I have the picture of him, like, whoever their goalie was, like, laying down after the Bruins beat him. I'm going to be late. I'm just going to, like, fart around and watch the end of the game on the, like, regular TV, not the (laughs) – not on the FUBU on the the, the smart TV. Um, Have you not – have you realized, like, how bad it is to watch baseball? Like, we're happy Uh, baseball's back, yay baseball, but it's so tough to watch. um, It's really weird with the noise. Uh, That's the one thing that, for me, it's getting – and listen, I don't. I get what they're what they're putting the virtual fans in. Yeah, I'd rather just see the cardboard cutouts. And who the hell's you know, putting I virtual fans in? The Yankees put. Uh, I don't know if it was the Yankees or if ESPN did it. Uh, but if you watched the game the other day with Boston, uh, there was like fans in uh, in the outfield when I forgot who hit a home run, and you see like fans in uh, in the bleachers, and I'm like, really? So, I know, I, I I know the Yankees were not doing it, so it's probably an ESPN thing. Yeah. Um, but I totally love the cardboard cutouts. I love uh, some some of the players are having fun with that. Um, Dude, Philly. Oh, them and the Cubs. The Cubs like with the guys who opened up the rooftops in Chicago. That's awesome too. Right, but like. Like, the Phillies, I think, I don't know if the, what the number is, but I, I, I'm venturing to guess they sold 20,000 cutouts. Their entire lower, lower bowl is full. Is full. 
I think you know, I, from what from what I heard, a lot of teams they gave they gave it as a gift to the season ticket holders. Um, so some of them gave it to, to them and put their likeness out there. Yeah, I know Which the Phillies cool. did it. Where I know what the Phillies did was if you were a season ticket holder or a plan member, I think you got like. I think it was 25 bucks and it's a donation to the Phillies foundation, which I'm sure like the Phillies, right? I guess. I don't know. Like I didn't read what, like where the money was going to. I probably should. Um, you know what? Like I hate this them picking three stars of the game, not to stop that, but that's because it's on in front of me. Yes. Jacob, Jake, the should be one of the stars. Shows to James Reimer, because without him, this game is fucking, it's a gong show. Just saying. I, I Just throwing it out there. Like, I, it's my problem with this whole thing. So, okay, so we, cut, we kind of touched the, the baseball aesthetics. What's your yeah, feeling like on I, the hockey and the NBA? I think the hockey did it right. I love watching I, the hockey. I have I've I watched love, legitimately I love they got seven minutes team. of NBA. How the home teams have their own, um, like you got the horn from the Rangers, and you got their goal song. You know, so that that's really cool how they had that set up. And I love, like, the big, you know, logos behind the bench where they are. Um, aesthetically, I like that a lot. Um, NBA, I like them as well. Yeah. Uh, except, once again, they got all the political messages going through and all that stuff. So I don't like that part of it. Um, and they also have virtual fans, which is funny because they had virtual Shaq the other day, you know, sitting at, you know, watching the game. Yeah. Like I, my problem with the NBA is, is that yes, you're not using a professional arena. Um. Let's see. It doesn't. All it said, it, like the Phillies website doesn't have it because you can't buy them anymore. Um, let me see. I just don't like the way the NBA did it. Like I know it's a smaller building. Um, all it says is Phillies charities. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I like you know I like the way they have it. You know, um, it's kind of smart how they have like the benches now. Instead of having everybody crammed up, you actually see like there's levels to the benches, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, you can get away with a smaller arena. I mean, smaller area because you know you don't yeah, need no. that much space. I I but I'm saying like you can. I'm just saying like the smaller area like. My difference between the NHL and and the NBA is, uh, I just think the NHL looks aesthetically better. You know, because it's not as dark. Right. Like, like I think that like what the NHL put over the seats adds color, like a colored background. It's not just. It's just 
it, it, it just makes the building brighter. Plus, putting the lights underneath the the tarps and all that shit looks cool. So yeah, I, I just I think the NHL did it so much better. And you're right, the goal yeah, so- like look, it's they're all digital. It's not like, you know, they had to like bring an A track or a track with them, you know. But like it just I don't I don't I don't know. But you're right, the political messages don't belong on the don't belong on the surface. Right. You know, and, you know, I get it. And, you know, listen, I, I totally believe that, you know, a lot of things, and we won't get into that, but, you know, this is an escape for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. you need to have Well, that's why the your... NBA's – but that's why the NBA's ratings are terrible. Mm-hmm. And granted, they were regular season games. You know, like, they, they were, they yeah, were we regular season games. You see what or... today looks like. You know, with the first round, you got to see what today actually looks like. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, yeah. But when you look at, like, what the NHL did, like, they didn't start with – if the NBA had did what the NHL did, I think it would have been so much better. Because legitimately, we lost conference tournaments, right, in the NCAA. <laughs> right. We Even lost now, the NCAA Justin Fields, is, you know, he did a petition to get them playing again. We'll get to that. We'll, we will get to that. But, no, I just want to say, like, with the NBA. If they had done what the NHL did, I think it would have made more sense. You know, play five versus 12. You took 24 teams. Right. Play five versus 12. Play, you know, you could have had upsets. Like the, the thing with the Suns, they go undefeated and don't move on. That's shameful. You know, yeah, they go 8 0. That's disgusting. And they don't even get into the playing game. I get, to me, that's a dis, that's disgraceful. Because this is why you played eight pre-season, eight regular season games, so that a team could possibly make it. And then a team goes eight and zero, and you're like, "Have fun, go ride Barnstormer." Yeah, like they they didn't get a chance to do a play-in. Yeah, and who knows? Like Cinderella could have lost her slipper. You know what I mean? But they earned the right to play that play-in game. Yeah, I, I'm telling I bet if – not see, like, I, I, I can't even say this. I didn't realize Jason Kidd was an assistant coach with the Lakers. Yes. I just found that out. Because I was like, oh, I heard Jason Kidd's name. I was like, where is he? Um, oh, yeah, LeBron I, I wanted think him uh, he, he might be one of the front runners for the Phoenix Suns job because they fired Gentry right after – and see, that, that's wrong, too. No, New Orleans he fired, fired Gentry, I thought. Oh, no, sorry, New Orleans. But, you know, he would, you know, I think they're saying him and Ty Lu are the two, head, you know, you know, uh, leaders in, in the clubhouse for, the, for that job, which strikes me as odd because, 
you know, what's this whole thing about Ty Lue? Okay, it's because he won, he won with, with LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, that's but, it. And LeBron fired him. But, yeah, but he won with LeBron in a half a season, and basically LeBron coached that team to well, a final championship. And, and let's not forget, yeah. they won that championship off of Draymond Green being an idiot. Yes. Like, that is the one part of that story. Great, great, great story. You know, they came back from a three-one down or whatever the hell they were down. Um, they no, lose that series. Never would happen Green, unless he got. Yeah, he was stupid, yeah. and he was stupid in Game Five. So, because he was suspended Game Six. I thought he was suspended Game Five. Ga- whatever. Whatever game he was yeah. suspended for was a clincher. And, you know, and in losing – no, it was losing game five because six and seven because it, they had two shots to win. They were up 3-1 going into game five. Um, college football? Uh, the Mets scored more in one day than they have in a month. They're winning 11-1, 11-2. But, yeah, it's really close football. Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait for the Marlins to come back to Earth. Well, they are but coming then back again, the, now. Well, then again, you also had the Pirates, who were four and a half games back in a division where a team only played five games. And they were still behind them. <laughs> um, moving on to college football Can I take my, my victory lap now Like I have done on every show I've done this week You know Make it quick because I want I want to get to baseball No, no, no you can, you can firmly tell me That you did not believe me when I told you And I was right I never said and, I didn't believe you Oh no! Then I, I, I'm trying to find the person who didn't believe me. I feel like um, Meredith's trying to figure out who she's supposed to fuck the day when Thunder Mifflin was closing. Um, trying to find who it was. <laughs> what, what was the name of the guy again? What's that? What was the name of the guy? Because he ended up calling in later, didn't he? Honey, what was the name of the guy that Meredith? Was supposed to bank. She don't remember it either. I right, make it quick. Break my heart. Let's go. I I, I don't. I I I just want to go back to what I said. Go ahead. There's no way they can play college sport, college football this year, if they don't play college soccer. They don't play women's soccer. They don't do... My wife is just about ready to shoot me. She's heard this six times this week. So I'll stop there. Well, there there's quick. so many Title IX implications. No, my wife is literally staring daggers through me as I start saying they I can't play football. Yeah. I love her. Well, no, because she's heard it. Like, she's heard I, me exactly. on the phone with people. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Um, no. 
I, I just I, I just, I'm not one of those people that was poo-pooing it, like either, like you know, like some of the media was. I'm not poo-pooing it for that reason. It's just that I understand how college athletics works. I coached college hockey. I know how all these work. If you even <coughs> thought about playing football this year, you're going to have to play fucking soccer. Or whatever women's sport you want is what you would have had to play. And and they're not going to play all those fucking sports. And, and let's not forget, football pays for every fucking woman's sport and every men's sport outside of basketball. Correct. Why? Because and and football costs the schools a ton. And let's also not forget, wasn't this the year that the likeness rule went into effect in California? Yes. Oh, holy shit! They're not going to play football this year in California. Holy fuck! Oh, I wonder why. So you got. Two huge financial reasons. Look, if they played basketball, if they played football and didn't play women's soccer, Title IX lawsuits. The NCAA still yet does not know how to handle this whole thing with the likeness. And, oh, by the way, they're also looking at the Title IX implications of that, too. Moving on. Unless you, have some, unless you want to add something to that. No, I don't want to add anything. I'm I'm tearing up. You know, I just wonder how much weight the petition is going to go. None. It's not the business of college. College athletics business is not football. It's not basketball. College College and universities business is indoctrinating into the liberal party. They don't like they, – these chancellors hate football. These academics hate football. The only thing they like about them is that it buys them like super fucking fancy buildings in the academia side. That's the only part it's like fucking – Gary. Gary. My wife looked it up. <laughs> Gary? Gary. Seems Gary. That's that's all I hear. Babe, his name was Gary. <laughs> she's definitely staring at me. All right, make let's, go, let's, go to baseball. let's go to baseball. I'm still watching hockey. I'm watching nothing but hockey. But I've watched a lot of baseball. Yes. So the Yankees look good. Even though everybody keeps getting hurt. I'd say this. He, Can the Yankees he's never gonna leave. play somebody? Can I say something about the Yankees? Sure. Can they please play somebody? You can't play them for their schedule. You can't play play them. No, for no, no. Play. You can't. No, you can't. You definitely can't. But you, I could definitely say pump the brakes on. They look really good because the teams they played that are good and can be really good, they've lost to. Tampa Bay. Philly. Well, they split with Philly, didn't they? They split with Philly, yes. Right. But Philly also had a fucking – Philly's bullpen is awful. They are dog shit awful, and the Yankees should have lost three out of four. I'm sorry. 
But honestly, like they're doing this w- without Stanton and Judge, right? It, can can we just answer a question? Judge says he's a hundred percent. Why the I don't hell would they it. put him on uh, 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 on a DL or IL? Because I don't believe it. What then? Why would he I, say I, that I, he's a hundred percent? Because I think Judge is the second biggest liar in New York. No. Yes. I I, I don't think he's a hundred percent. I didn't think he came back at a hundred percent. He may say he's a hundred percent. I don't buy it. Because it was a what a t- it was a muscle injury, right? It's not like anything structural. It's a muscle, right? It was a strain cap. Yes. Okay. First time he has to run on a wet turf in the outfield at Yankee Stadium, especially with them bringing soccer back there soon. Yeah, good luck with that. That's strain. Calf, calf strains, yeah, it may feel great. He hasn't gone full bore yet. Going full bore, because I've, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've unfortunately rehabbed enough in, uh, injuries in my life, going full bore when there's nothing on the line is different than going full bore – Playing on. I agree with that. So with like muscles, right? With with calves, hamstrings, elbows, whatever. When you're ready, wait a week. Wait two weeks. Leg muscles, especially. He wants to get out there and play because it's because there's financials that have to go on. I got a question for you. Well, you being a Phillies sure. fan, how well, are let's, you let's go feeling? This way. Right, feeling about now watching the Universal DH implemented. Um, I'll tell you what rule I don't like: the three pitchers, the three batters pitcher rule. I'm not. I'm not a fan of uh, the runner on second base. And I'm okay with it. However, I understand it for this season. I don't want to see it for next season. Like I'm okay with them doing it. Um, I am also not a fan of that three batter rule. Yeah. Even I, though, I, so I thought about this. There was a game. Okay. I want to say it was the Philly Yankee game that I was watching. Um. They intentionally walked a batter and brought a pitcher in. Why would you bring the mm-hmm. pitcher in first and then intentionally walk the batter? Because that would count as one batter. Maybe it doesn't. It would have to. Because it's why, – why wouldn't it? You know, was it just that they didn't think about doing that? Because um, that'll be a smart way to kind of, especially okay. So let's say you got Harper and Jay Bruce coming back to back. You got Reese Hopkins sitting ahead of Harper. Oh wait, Harper. we're talking I'm about not, the Mets. The Yankees didn't do this. I, I don't know. I, I forgot which game it was. It may have been the Mets, but I'm just kind of laying this strategy out to you, and you know, knowing the the players on each team, I'm just trying to give you a heads up. So you got Reese Hopkins, Harper, Bruce coming up. Um, you bring in the pitcher, and let's say you go with a lefty. 
Once, and you're going to walk Hopkins anyway. Why don't you walk Hopkins as your one batter, and then you pitch to Harper and Bruce, and then Whoa. if you have another righty come up, let's say you got Kutch coming up, you can switch to the righty to come see Kutch. Instead of walking Hopkins, going to get the lefty, let the lefty face Harper and Bruce, and then the lefty has to deal with Kutch if he doesn't get out of the inning. Because um, remember, the, pit, the pitcher's did, not throwing the ball anymore. He's just saying go to first base, did, which, by the way, I, I well, like. I hate that. You know, the, the chances of something going wrong are so No, I slim. just – I absolutely hate it for that exact reason. It just – so what if it's slim? You're not speeding the game up. It takes longer to fucking come out, go, um, four – like yesterday, the Mets intentionally walked Harper on a 3-1 pitch. Fucking throw the ball outside, dickhead. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, to me, that saves the game no time. It saves no time in a game. Because the the coaches will walk out, get the umpire's attention, and now the fucking guy's got to just sit there, and he's pissed because you're walking <laughs> him. So it takes him even longer to jog down the first base. And, 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 again, it takes the Gary Sanchez effect out of the game. Where a fucking guy closes his glove too early, the ball hits the fucking backstop. I don't oh, understand. Day, he, like, he was bad. He's terrible. Oh, my God. Zach, Br- Zach Britton was eating him alive. You know, Britton I, had two I, wild pitches. He had three wild pitches all last year. He had two in one game yesterday. I, I will say this. I don't care how many home runs he hits. I don't care how many doubles he hits. I don't care if he drives in 400 RBIs. The three runs he gives up a month behind the plate are why he should have a first baseman's glove. I mean, that motherfucker and Michael Jackson are the same thing. They wear glove for no fucking reason. He, you know, he'd it, have a better it, shot be if he just it. fucking stood him back there and let, it, let the ball hit him. It'll be worth it if he was actually hitting. He's not even close to hitting. Okay, so but when he, he hits the ball, he has like four home runs. When he hits them, they go like nine hundred miles. Oh, but, but here's is, my is that, this is this is my favorite because I used to work for Bald Vinny, and I, you know I used to be a Yankee fan. I'll be the first one to say it. Yankee fans annoy the fuck out of me now, so that's why I stopped rooting for the Yankees. Uh-huh. Right, that and the fact that Lon Trost completely fucking aggravated me to the point where I will never step foot in the Yankee Stadium ever again. Okay. And by the way, is it possible that the Mets could actually blow this game? Yes. It's now eleven four with the bases loaded. Dude, the Marlins are pesky. They don't go away. They look good. Live up to their name. No, that team legitimately lives up to its name. Have you ever tried to bring a Marlin on a boat? Yeah. They are pain in Crazy. the dick. They don't go away. Um, no, I, 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 I saw somebody go, he legitimately, with a straight face, as a Yankee fan, 
I mean, he's tied for second in home runs for catchers. Who fucking cares? He's hitting like 092. Oh, what is the actual batting average? I'll tell you right now. I think it's still on the two. He's hitting like. Look, I look at it this way. If he's hitting less than his weight, he ain't worth the shit. Bro, he's hitting 129. A lot less than his weight. You can't even take Scotty Kingery's bad average and make his weight. 129. Can I say it one more time? Holy Christ. Hold on. Let's not also forget this. Let's also Eric forget Kranz that he got two, a, 250. <laughs> he's in 200, I'm sorry. <laughs> but let's not forget this. He also got a great manager fire. I still would rather have Girardi than Boone. I agree with you. The only I, I thing that the only Joe, thing Joe that Aaron Boone, the only thing that Aaron Boone has ever done as Yankee manager, is these guys are fucking savages in the box. That's all he's ever done as Yankee manager. He's done nothing. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't know how to manage by gut. No, but he's you know, fucking they terrible. Want, they don't want managers like us anymore. They don't. You want know what the, the Cubs hired? You know, here's the funny thing. You know, I guess you know everybody plays copycat. David Ross is at least managing by gut. I have seen Ross much makes of his fun. games. I he I have. That's why I can say it. He's made. Gut decisions. Actually, that's wrong because I did watch opening day, and I watched him stick with Kendricks, and he was man. You can tell he was managing as a catcher, not as yeah. not with the analytics because they kept saying the analytics say with, with Kendricks you got to get him out. You know, after the third at bat, you got to get him out. You got to get him out, and he stuck with them. He stuck with them with runners on base in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. So you saw him manage, and, and you know. So if he continued that trend throughout the rest of this year, then yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, you, you look at these managers. Who's you know Girardi? And it's funny, like people say Girardi manages by the gut, but if you actually watch them as a Yankee manager, he you know we used to call him flip uh, flip chart Joe because he pulled out this huge binder. Binder. Yeah. And he, you see him, and I thought he was too analytical. Yeah, you know, I didn't see, see him going by the gut. Yeah, I didn't see the Joe Torre aspect. And Torre well, did go Torrey, by the gut. He, yeah, and, and, and it wound up costing him the right job, too. But, like, the thing yeah, with Girardi was, I think the biggest thing with Girardi was, yes, he, he managed by the binder a lot. But I don't know if that was managing by the binder as much as it was more being a Just being prepared. Yeah, I think it's being prepared. I also think, like you said, with, with, with Grandpa Rossi, it's being a catcher. Hey, if I'm calling the pitches from this dugout, 
right? Like, the only year he really didn't manage by the binder was Russell Russell Martin. Why? Because he had a fucking catcher. No, Martin right, like, was a good catcher. I, I Martin, that, that was one guy I hated to see go. Right? But, I mean, but you brought in Brian McCann. Brian McCann, for as much as I like his bat, Brian McCann was a terrible catcher when he got to he the okay. He was okay. No, when he got, well, when he, he was with Atlanta, Brian McCann was a fucking was a future Hall of Famer. If he stays yeah. in Atlanta, he's a Hall of Famer. He comes to the Yankees, he goes to shit. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he got to fucking shave his beard. Which yeah, Samson still, losing his hair. <laughs> and my wife chimes in. Still better than Sanchez. But like. I, I just look at it as, especially with Girardi. He does. I, I mean, I watch the Phillies every when I'm home, right? Like if they're if the Bruins or the Knights aren't on, I watch the Phillies. I've not seen a fucking binder once, unless Andrew Knapp catches. Yesterday, the binder was out in full force because Andrew Knapp was behind the plate. You know when it's not out. When the best catcher in baseball is playing. Yeah, when the best catcher in baseball is catching. That binder is nowhere near him. Yeah, there's so much rumors coming out uh, that the Yankees are going to go hard after JT. I have heard this rumor, and I laughed at it, because if they do it when they – I think they're going to – if they do it when they do it, it's going to be hysterical to see what McPhail does. But I've heard they're looking to trade Sanchez the day if they have a you know, on the table with JT. Well, remember they had that that um, that deal that they were trying to get uh, JT when he was with the Marlins, and mm-hmm. I think Jeter was willing to do J, uh, JT for uh, Sanchez straight up. Yeah, and the Yankees balked at that. Yeah, I, I and and you think that the Yankees look stupid now on that? Well, listen. At the time, to be honest with you, I get no, that JT is just a great, didn't I see JT he, yet. No, yeah, I guess he's a great I watch, catcher. Yeah. However, I don't think Sanchez is that off. You know, I think they just keep trying to mess with him. You know, now they got him going on this one knee bullshit, like he's uh. Uh, Tony Pena. JT. Tony Pena. <laughs> or JT, you know, who does it? Right. Exactly. You know, he's a bigger man. You can't have him on his knees. I, I, I'd almost say him and JT are the same height. JT's 6'1". Sanchez, you get him yet or no? Um, Gary Sanchez is there's same age though. It's six two. And how much does JT weigh? That was the Sanchez next thing I was going to well, he's a minus yeah. four player right now. Yeah. 
Which means the Yankees have a better catcher in the minors, which is still, you know what I feel about Eric, Eric Krantz right now is hitting better than Gary Sanchez. JT is 6'1", 210. All right, so San- Sanchez is bigger. All right. Yeah. But not by much. 30 pounds, dude. Wait, how much is Sanchez? He's 230. 20 pounds, yeah. 20 pounds. So one inch and 20 pounds. So Gary Sanchez in 2020 simulated that. Is a three war. He has 25 home runs. I mean, 21 home runs. He's hitting 253. Oh man, I would take that in a heartbeat right now. That's very frustrating. Yeah. So has ever started talking on my thing? Like, I have no idea where music's coming from. I can hear oh, it's on you. Yeah. I was like, where the fuck is that coming from? It's my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ESPN. <laughs> like, JT's making six this year. I think if Bryce walks into McPhail's office and goes, um, are we going to give him 20, 15, 20, or what? And somebody, please keep Bryce, Reese Hoskins, like, send him to Canada. Or, you know, like, put him in a place where, like, send him to San Francisco where it's cold all fucking year. Because he's only in the cold, obviously. Yeah, I had to see the standings. I, I know um, Oakland's tearing up right now. Oakland's in the cover-up. Well, well they're used to playing in front of nobody. This is, like, perfect for them. Yeah. Well, you know, it, this, uh, and you saw it, you, you know, Stan was actually playing good because he had no pressure. Yeah. But then, of course, he does what he normally does. He gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yankees are 15-6. and six. They're two games up on Tampa. Well, they just won today, so. I that includes that. Can we The Phillies are eight and nine. And they have an yeah. ass load of games to make up. Well, it could be worse. It could be uh, St. Louis. Oh, my God. That's terrible. How about Pittsburgh is four and fourteen? St. Louis is four and four. Yeah. Five and five now. <clears throat> so I you know, thank God they went to the seven inning doubleheader. Can you imagine these Another guys trying to make up these games? Robin? Oh, that's the other good move I like. I honestly yeah. believe they should do that in the regular. They, they should do that going forward. No, no. All right, let me let me throw let me it, throw this up. So it, it it does change, it changes the strategy of a ball game, big mm-hmm. time. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I understand it. I'm cool with it. This year is that melting pot of ideas going against the wall, see what sticks. Um, I'm well, not let, a big fan let of me, it. Let me throw I, I want to see a full you. game. Because you know, you know what it is. And I'm going to let you get to your point in a second. Okay. If I'm a paying fan, they're no longer split bill double. I mean, the, the double header that you get to go watch both games. If that's the case, let's do seven innings I want, and let me get two games of baseball in. Mm-hmm. They do it for the gates. They clear people out. So if I'm going to get pushed out, I want to see a full game. I, I don't want the game cut short. Sorry, but I paid my money. I want to see a full game. Okay. Well, let me play devil's advocate here. What if you had scheduled doubleheaders? Four o'clock I'm, on the, a Saturday. The, fan, the fans not, the fans not going to... The fan does not benefit at all because they are no longer given the one ticket for for the gate. I mean, for two games. No, I'm saying they schedule do doubleheader. They don't want to do that, but this, yeah. But if you could have someone in the ballpark, right? Because if you have to do a twin bill doubleheader, mm-hmm. right? A right. one and seven. You got to kick everybody out get everybody out, which means you have to bring in more security. I'm looking at this financially for the owners. Okay? You have to get everybody out. You have to kick everybody out. you got to clean everything. Then you got to restart. That second game, not as lucrative financially. But it's not a giveaway. Like, like, if you really look at it, okay, it's not as lucrative as the first game. If you want to, if you want to agree to that point, I'm, I'm agreeable to that. However, mm-hmm. you know, when you flip the script, you know, is it still uh, plenty uh, profitable to play? You know, to have new fans come in, as opposed to keeping the same fans in. I think it is plenty profitable or worth the while to get that second gate. And I think the owners will not give up that second gate. And, you know, once again, they, they're claiming poverty with no fans, right? So if you're claiming poverty, why would you give away free games? Unless you're open, who has to give away free games? Which is a shame because they're oh, a really good ball club. But, but what, I, what I'm thinking is, if you were to give the second, if you were to do twin bills, right? Right. You don't have to stop selling beer. Yeah, but by the second game, you know that that person who's in the you know who was at the first game is probably squashed to the point where, yeah. So what's the point? If they're going to stop drinking by the third inning or the second inning because they drank too much, or if they yeah, but the it person out, they that, drink as yeah, but how many those, But think about it. How many of those people that go to the first game go to both games? If it was me, if I had tickets, and, you know, before when the Yankees, you know, before they changed and did what everybody else was doing, and I'm sure that they were – 
I don't know if they were the first or whatever, however dumb mm-hmm. that they were. But once they started going through the split double headers, yeah, I went to one prior, and I stayed at I stayed the full first game. And if it wasn't for my mm-hmm. dad wanting to leave, we left by the seventh inning of, of the second game. And it's, and that's just my dad because my dad always wanted to beat traffic. So normally he was the silver zoodle of my of my life. You know, he wanted out by like the seventh inning to beat the traffic to Jersey. Yeah. So, you know, for me, if I'm paying my money, like um, over here in Somerset, and I'm sure this happens all over in independent baseball, uh, but like Wednesdays in Somerset with the Patriots was automatic game. Right. It was a doubleheader every single time. And you pay you pay the one price, you get both games. And that was the yeah. seven inning game per you know, just like what they're doing now. Mm. I went when I moved here, I probably went to about four or five of those since I've been here. And I and I stayed well, I left the first time after the first game because I had a meeting I had to get to. And the other the you other know, times I stayed the full game on both on both. Yeah, you know, if I pay for one, you know, I'm, I'm a junkie. You know, if I go right. and I pay for it, I'm going to go. And I'm going to stay. I'm mm-hmm. going to watch. <clears throat> but once again, with an owner, you know, they're going to weigh the pros and cons. And more than not, a full price ticket in the second game is more beneficial than having uh, the, the fans stay for both games. Depending on your double, all right. So look at this way: depending on when the rainout occurred that causes the doubleheader. Like, if the Yankees are playing Boston or Tampa or you know a division team that comes in twice. And they get a rain out in April. They try to get the game pushed back and play it in September. This is always right? stupid to me. You I know, didn't say it was smart. I'm just saying it's, it's what they do. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I always never liked that. You know, for me, I, I would try to do a doubleheader that very next chance that they could have in terms of when they play each other. But granted, I agree at, with that, and that's what they should do. Right. At what, but they don't. Know, so if it was the Yankees were playing Tampa, and they're playing them today, they get rained out today, they play next week in Tampa, then no, you wait until the next time they come to New York. But yeah, if playing them next, yeah. Right. If, you play, if you're playing them next week in New, York, in New York, then you should be looking to have that game played, a doubleheader. Yes. Honestly, what does it, you know, what does it do in terms of, like, you're trying to give the fans enough time to readjust because you're going to give them the rain, the rain checks. Is that their, is that their plan? Or do they try to put it in September because that's when they expand the rosters? So when they expand the rosters. But to be honest with you, now that they have the taxi squad and they give you the extra player or so for the double yeah. headers, 
do it the very first chance. Because the last thing I want to do is play doubleheader in September, freezing my ass yeah. off in both games. Well, who the hell wants to freeze your ass off in April either? Um, right. But see, like, I, well, I wouldn't want to do it in July. Like, I understand why they do it in, in September. Like, I, I completely understood it. But if you do that in September, like, let's say, you know, like mid-May is still not the greatest weather up here, right? Like, say the Yankees start the season with Tampa, and Tampa's up here twice. Right? They're up here twice in, you know, the first month and a half of the season, and they're not here again until September. I get it, then. Right. That's fine. So you move that to September. Now, like, let's just say that game was supposed to be Mother's Day weekend. You have a lot of people who are going to go to that game because it's Mother's Day weekend. How many of those people come back for the second game? So, in, in legit, you know, for the rain, rain out. Like, like I remember '09. They had a weekend series, and I think it was Tampa. And it turned out to be like they rained it out, and then they played a doubleheader on Labor Day. It fucking made no sense because the second game was very sparsely attended. And the only reason why people came to the second game was because it was fucking one, Jeter was going for the Yankee hit record. And two, they were giving out like mini stadium replicas of some shit. I should have won. But I have it. My wife will give it to you, but I have it. Right? So that's why I love your wife. I'll take oh, it. It was mine. I mean, I was at the game. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> you let her give it to like, me. And you, and you will let her give it to me very nicely. But, like, don't care what if you, you really. But if you really think about it, how many people were there just for the giveaway and left? Got the giveaway and left. Like, that's that, that's the problem they have even with, like, when they do the bobbleheads. Most people leave after they get the fucking bobblehead. Well, they're stupid because you're paying how how much a ticket just to and travel, and you get into the stadium, and then you just get in the bobblehead and walking out. That's stupidity. I'm, I'm telling you, I... I I believe there you. are people. There, there are I people who buy you. tons of tickets on fucking StubHub. Go in, get the bobblehead, come out. Go in, get the bobblehead, come out. Go in, get out. Next thing you know, this guy's got twenty bobbleheads and they're all on fucking eBay. So whatever they spend, they've now remade tenfold. But if you were like, if you were to look at that and go, okay, we'll do. Because there's only a handful of teams that do split admission doubleheaders. The Yankees are one of the few. It's probably them, the Mets, the Red Sox, and the Cubs. Phillies don't do it. Phillies just make them doubleheaders. That might change since they got to pay Bryce. 
No, it didn't change last and year. Then the, and, the, and then they have to pay uh, JT. Let me tell you, they've sold enough Bryce Harper merchandise that they don't have to worry about it. Oh, and by, and and with the Nike deal, with swip with swapping from Majestic to Nike, you don't think they've sold a ton of shit now? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it, it legitimately was. You know, like they not every team wants to take advantage of you the way the Yankees do. I will say that. This is Brian O'Reilly's Ford. Charlie McAvoy fucking put Jordan Stahl in a body bag. Holy shit. Eric's better. So is Mark. <laughs> I was in a, a deli in Madawan the other day and uh, was wearing my Con- Connor Clifton jersey. And guess whose mom was in there? Connor Clifton? Yep. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, one Jesus thing I do want to see, I, I do want to see more of, um, Baseball finally got something right where, you know, you can't leave the stupid bench, and they ended up what? Who got suspended from that fight? Uh, that was um, Oakland The Joe Kelly one? No, no, Oakland and Houston. Oh, Houston. Was that Lor- yeah, Loriano get suspended? He got eight games, but I think they dropped it down to five. Or it was six, and they dropped to four. And then the hitting coach for Houston got 20 games. He should have. Yeah. Well, listen, you know what? They ha- there has to be something. And I'm, I'm saying, like, this is even post-COVID. There is no reason that you should be running in from the outfield. Um, no. No, never in a There is no reason. No. And listen, I can almost understand the benches clearing. I don't like it, and that should be get taken away. Uh-huh. Because I think more people are going to get hurt by intervening. But then once again, you got one player, one player versus nine, theoretically. So I can almost understand, and I can live with the benches clearing. But the bullpens and all that stuff, no, stop. They need to yeah. keep their asses over there. There's no reason for you to be out on the field. No reason for that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, it's very funny how uh, uppity Houston is right now, huh? They're involved in everything. Well, that's because Rob Manfred. That's my problem with this whole thing. They should have suspended the players. And it's the same thing that happened with when Joe Kelly, you know, with the whole Joe, Joe Kelly thing. Oh, excuse me. Well, I think they, you're excused. They just came out with the agreement with the Players Association saying that you can now suspend them for the assigned feeling. So I guess it had to be agreed upon. And I understand why Manfraud did it. It was, it was a. Uh, it was so he could run another. 
No, it was so that Manfred could run another flawed um, investigation. Well, baseball doesn't here. know how to investigate anybody. But but hold on here. So if I'm going to suspend the players, and I yeah, know, but, but it's going forth. It, it's not going. You're not going back and suspending the 2017 Astros. Like well, it, exactly. Not. So you couldn't do that. You could not go back unless it, unless you found out that they were gambling. I think that's the only way I would have said, yeah, let's suspend them right now and let's go. Let's let's get this over with. If there was a Pete Rose situation where they found the gambling or a, a Black Sox and they found the gambling, yeah, go back and suspend these guys going forward. Do what you got to yeah. do. Uh, but. This stuff was so gray, just like the PEDs. It was so gray. Yeah. And I know they – and this is what, what got me. Manfred said – because, remember, they, he, there was letters circulated to the teams in 2017 saying, stop the bullshit. After yeah. the Yankees and uh, the Red Sox were caught with the watch and all that stuff, they said it mm-hmm. needs to stop. So yeah. the reason why Lunell got banged is because he never circulated the letter. Really? Seriously? <laughs> that's how. That's the reason why he got banged. Yeah, I don't buy that. Of course, I don't buy it either. And I don't buy him saying I. I didn't really know, but I knew about it, but I didn't know about it. And I was upset, so I broke a monitor. Twice, stop. Yeah. Stop. Well, I, I when, when, when the well, when the biggest part part of that whole thing, and my biggest problem was when you had a player as the mastermind of it. Um, yeah, I have a big problem with that. Like when Carlos Beltran is the mastermind of the whole effing thing. Do I think Hinch had, knew what the fuck was going on? Yes. Do I think Alex Cora knew what the fuck was going on? Yes. Do I think every player on that team knew what the fuck was going on? Yes. Does every player in the league know what the fuck's going on? Yes. Did the front office know what was going on? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely the front office knew what was going on. Well, you saw the email. Yeah. The, the other, it said, you know, get as much information as possible. But and this is a team that also, on. it was also a team that, and look, in the Astros, <laughs> say whatever you want, and, and look, I'm a Patriot fan, so I know I'm going to open myself up to scrutiny for saying this, but when you have a track record of cheating, nobody's going to believe you, even when you don't right. cheat. But like, do I buy what the Patriots were selling last year with the whole thing with the with the Bengals? I do. That was wrong because I'm a Pats right. fan. But and it was dumb. It wasn't. You weren't going to gain anything from that. It was just dumb. You you know the scrutiny right. that is on your organization for anything close to this. Don't fucking do it. And, and, and you look at Houston, who was in trouble for 
or it was part of that thing with St. Louis, right, on the, like, fucking wire fraud. Right. If you know you're cheating, it's, it, it's like, why do coaches not bitch and moan as much as they used to about doctoring the baseball? Because they know who on their team is doing it. Yeah. But like the whole thing with Pineda. And this is a stupid thing with the whole uh, pine tar on his neck. And huh. people say, well, it's, it's good for them to use it. And teams normally kind of look the other way because they don't want their, their players getting hurt. Because if they don't have the grip, you know, they're going to get hit. So if you're okay with people using it because it gives you better grip, then let them use it. Just like the whole, uh, you know, I, I think the league went overboard with the whole, and I'm not a past apologist. I am not a Patriot fan. I like them. I always thought they were a good team. But the whole thing with the, the plate gate, it's the quarterback's preference. And you know what? There really wasn't. Other quarterbacks, you knew for a fact, had, had the home team do the balls the way they like it. Yeah. So, you know what? Is that really a big de- a big deal? It's a big deal because the Patriots no. did it. And what happened to them? They won the Super Bowl that year anyway. Yeah. With full balls. But it is great material for memes. It's great <laughs> I, I don't material you- for memes. It's great material for for ESPN. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, why put yourself in this situation? What, the one football that went onto the Colts sideline was the one that was grossly done. And here's the part of the story the that... No, they don't. So... There's 20 balls on one side and there's 20 balls on the other? Yep. Did Brady throw an interception that game or no? That was the one football that went on their sideline. And there's two so, parts of that story. And there's two parts of that story that hardly ever get talked about. One was they played the Jets that year, and Brady looked at the referee and goes, "Why the fuck does this ball feel like a beach ball?" And the referee says to him, uh, "Tom, yours was right at twelve and a half, and we felt that it was too low." So that was one part of that. The second part of that was a team. I think it was the Chargers filed a complaint with the league against the Colts because one of the their equipment guys on the sideline was caught with a fucking needle with a needle sticking it in the ball for luck. No, it was one of Philly Ribs balls. Okay. And you don't think that may or may not have happened in that game? I think it's stupid. Uh, Over air pressure? You know, it's like... And I've heard guys that were on that Colts team, not just Pat McAfee, who goes, who the fuck cares? We lost by 75 points. They kicked the shit out of us. 
Like, they beat the shit out of you that night. It wasn't like the game was close and Brady throwing a fucking small, softer football. They, he kicked the shit out of you in the second half when the balls were the right fucking thing. So it didn't matter. Like, it, it was such a bad yeah, who gives a shit. But since they had a record of cheating, or I'm not going to say cheating. I'm going to say since they have a record of league violations. Or, and discrepancies, great, great word there. Um, that's why they get and even the And even the Spygate shit. You know where that all started from? No, yeah. Mangini. The year before. Who did it? Mangini it was the Jets for, the year before where they got in trouble on the Patriots at, at a playoff game. And it wasn't even Mangini. Really, all do it. And they all, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? You know what they say? But if you're not pushing the issue, then go get a tissue. Yeah. When it, when it all costs, lose it, you must, but always, always cheat. I don't want to say cheat, but do no, everything cheat. you can to, to, to put Just yourself in that spot to win. Push the limit. Like, I want to know where the, the Chiefs must have went to, like, the the Denver Broncos School of Cap Management. How the fuck do they keep signing guys? Well, Kelsey just got 75 or 55. It was Kittle that got 75. Kittle got 75, but, he, but Kelsey got the well, same amount Kelsey. of money. Who does? Well, San Francisco had cap space. Kansas City doesn't. How the fuck does Kansas City have crab space going forward? How, how did New England have it? New England had it because Tom actually left money on the table. But yeah. know, Mahomes just, you know, is getting what, $40 million a season? Mm-hmm. And once again, you know, shame on Jerry Jones. He should, he, I know he's not the best quarterback, but he should have signed Dak when he had a chance. No, I don't believe that. I I firmly do not believe that Dak Prescott is as good. Fuck, they score like four seconds into the first, second period? Did that? JT Miller ties it up. No. I Look, Dak has to actually prove that when the, everything doesn't – you can't tell me <laughs> last year – that when they won games, it was because of Dak. And when they lost games, it was because of Jason Garrett. You cannot tell me that. I, I, will, I choose. I choose not to believe that. But here's the thing. It's, it's not a question of is he worth the money. Or He's not. Is he, or is he a great quarterback? That's not the He's question not. here. But it's not the question. The question is, is he the Cowboy franchise quarterback? And Jerry's mind, no. And if he is, then you need to pay the franchise price. You know, I can say comfortably he's a top 15 quarterback, I would say. I would say, yeah, I'd agree with you. 
But and that's because there's being, not with being a top fifteen quarterback coming off of you know, and remember he has to get his deal done sooner because he's a fourth round pick. So he doesn't have that mm-hmm. fifth year option that everybody else had being a first round pick. So yeah. if he's proven to be and we can all say yes or no, but if you're top half of the league, then you are more than likely a franchise quarterback. And with being a young franchise quarterback, what is the going rate for that? And if he would have signed his deal before Wentz or before Goff, it says Jerry dicking around. Because I think by the time he proved well, to be capable, no. I think by the time he proved no. to be capable. I'll go this way with that. That was the year where Zeke was injured, when Zeke was suspended, right? <coughs> I believe so. Did we see a franchise quarterback that year? They were terrible. He was terrible. And their eight loss and their losses last year, he was terrible. That New England game they had no business losing. He was the reason they lost. That Jet game that they lost, he had no business losing. They lost because of him. Okay. All right. So we have, what is it, one, two, they play three, four-year four starter, right? Yeah. So it's well, 1970. Four <laughs> yeah, four years in the league. He's been a starter all four years. Mm-hmm. So, so it's 16, 17, 18, and 19. So he averages averages 25 touchdowns a season versus nine interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, he's close to about – he looks like he's about over 4,000 yards a season. Those are very strong numbers for a quarterback. And, Not any more than that. Yeah. Eli Manning threw 4,000 yards a year. That's, I mean, 4,000 yards right now is 3,000 yards. you got to throw for 4,500 to be last at nine to four. Last day he threw for 4,900. All right. Just take out, the two games. take out the games against the Giants. You know, with 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. The eleven's high. Yeah, but look at their losses. What did he do in their losses? So he had seven touchdowns versus the Giants. And he had – it's funny how how they already broke it down because they did change Washington Mm -hmm. to football team. (laughs) So he threw seven touchdowns. It's identical. Seven Seven and one for the Giants and the Washington football team. So that's 14 So he had 14 two against two the two worst fucking teams in the league. Didn't they play Miami too last year? Did they play Miami early last year? No. Uh, they played them late. Yeah. And he actually had oh, a bad game. Well, I wouldn't say oh. a bad game. He still had a 90 QBR uh, with two touchdowns and, a, and an interception. He threw for 246. 
against the Dolphins. But they were a good team, man. That that Miami was winning at the end of last year. They had their program together. Yeah, I know. yeah, I know. And remember, he's going up. He's going up against Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic wasn't there. Oh, Matt. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about yeah, Fitz, the other Fitzmagic. The the actually good one. But all right, look at his game against. Buffalo when they lost. Look at his game against the Pats. Look at his game against the Jets. Look at their losses. Eagles. Look at the losses against the Eagles. Yeah, I, I, yes. I get it. That's I get why it, but Jerry I, he's, still, he's still a solid, I'm not saying spectacular, and understand I'm not saying that he is worth Pat Mahomes' money. But it, remember, it's all about when you sign your deal. It is, and what the going and what the going rate is, and what the going rate is now is but, way higher. But you couldn't resign what him been. two years ago. You had to resign him before, after Goff and Wentz, because they were both sixteen was their rookie. Oh, they were all the same rookie year. Yeah. And remember, he had to get his deal first because he Maybe. doesn't have that extra fifth year guarantee. Yeah. And that's that's my point. Like if if we, or it's a fifth year, if it's he, a fifth year RFA. It's it's not. Well, yeah, but it's still, you know. And then if you look at the playoffs in nineteen, I'm sorry, in eighteen and sixteen, he didn't play bad. They didn't lose because of him. He threw for almost five hundred yards in eighteen mm-hmm. with two touchdowns and an interception. 91 QBR. And at 16, he threw for 302 yards with three touchdowns and one interception. 103.2 was his QBR. So it wasn't like he was the reason that they lost. Um, I'm just saying, like, he, I think after 18, it was a big mistake to take care of Zeke first, who had that extra year. Well, here's the other thing with Zeke. Without Zeke, look at his numbers. Now, my question to you about Zeke, was Zeke really a great running back, or, you know, is that a great offensive line that he was behind? Not 19, because 19, I I know the offensive line didn't do all that good. But the previous years, he had a top notch offensive line. Just like the whole thing with. Uh, the the well, whole argument so with Emma Smith versus Barry Sanders. Who would you rather have? Well, Barry Sanders Barry ran behind Sanders. a nobody offensive, offensive line. Yeah. But Emma Smith is a rushing leader because he ran behind studs. And he also had Michael and Jay and Moose and, and, and Alvin exactly. and Alvin Harper. I mean, you know, it, it's not just the offensive line you run behind because, you know, the Patriots have had great offensive lines. They just don't run the ball. Um, I agree. And like if Barry, your play Barry, Barry Sanders had, had Scott Mitchell. Yeah, he, I mean, and then I think he had Herman Moore for like a year or two. I, I I look at this the same way I look at Aaron Rodgers. What Green Bay has done to him is nothing short of criminal. Yes. Like the, the, the fact that you've net like you have the second best quarterback of a generation. Right? Because I, I I I will firmly tell you that Aaron Rodgers is better than Peyton Manning. I will firmly tell you that. 
And I think he is yeah. actually, like, if you, if you gave him the same coaching and everything, I think he would be better than Brady. Yeah, I, I no doubt about it. Um, but Brady's never had the talent that Peyton Manning had around him either. Right. Outside of that one year when he had Moss and Welker, you know, Gronk. But even that, it was it was Moss and Welker. <laughs> was Aaron Hernandez on that team or no? Or was he in jail by that time? Randy was... No, no, no. Hernandez. He was with Gronk. It was the same draft class. Right. Right, but were but they like, all on that same team? Yes. For like... That was like the year when... Like their rookie year was the year where Randy got traded to Minnesota. From Oakland. Ryan O'Reilly with his second of the night. On the power play. I saw on Facebook the other day, and it got me excited, so I actually pulled it out. That's what she said. Um, But I saw on Facebook Marketplace, they had uh, some guy was selling his Gretzky Blues jersey. And I was like, such a sweet jersey, and I have it. So I pulled it out. I'm thinking about putting it on my wall. Mm-hmm. I'm debating it right now. I just got to figure out a spot to put it. That's what she said. I think I'll put it uh, opposite of my Jeremy Ronick. Jeremy Roenick is still my new favorite player of all time. The fact that he's suing he, NBC for being straight. Oh. Dude, I always love oh. JR. JR is no filter. He yeah. calls it like he sees it. Oh, but you know what? It's funny you're saying that because I was saying that to my wife during the intermission of. Fuck, what game was it? I want to say it was the second game, the the fucking blowout. And, like, Patrick Sharp is just talking, and I'm going, was it that game? And all I'm thinking is, well, please, will somebody please shut Patrick Sharp up? He fucking flip-flops on every – no, maybe it was after the first game. Flip-flops on every fucking thing. You know, cool, cool things just happened. Um, the Seeger brothers are playing each other for the first time oh, yeah. in the major leagues, and they both hit a home oh, run today. Oh, uh, what's cool. the clip? That's they're amazing. Like, they're that's laughing the first at each time. other. Yeah. <laughs> and you know they're, who's they're upset? Huh? But you know who's the most upset by that? Their mom. Yeah. Who like their mom should have. Um, it's funny you say that because I actually did ask that question once of somebody who had two sons play each other. Um, the answer was I rooted for Danny. And see that. I don't understand why, because he's the underdog. 
Yeah, that was exactly why. Um, I know Melissa had a half and half jersey. I wonder if she still has. Sue Seeger. All run total is even. Sue Seeger. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just watched the, the clip of it. I'm still shocked that Louis Erickson's still in the league. Is he older than Tony? I think so. Speaking of, I tried calling him back to the center. Roman's going back to the track. He's gone. What happened? I tried calling him and texting him. He didn't answer me. I'm kind of upset. I called him. I called him. Not this. Actually, did I call? Reach out to him. I think it was last weekend. I I called him. And we spoke for a little bit. But normally, like, I haven't really been texting this week because I had some issues that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he sends me texts like every other day. All right, so then it's, he's just not talking to me. Okay. Sometimes he can be a little stubborn. Just keep working him. No, it's okay. I'm good. It, it, it's like a, I try. It's, it's like a bologna sandwich. Just keep working the bologna. Just work it. Just feel it. Just let it go. You know, let um, it get squishy. It's funny because let I, it become I, a I, hard I texted them last night after the Knights game. Where, like, the Knights just absolutely dominated the game. Corey Crawford was just completely on his game. Um, the Knights definitely did not deserve to lose that game last night. It's like tonight with the Bruins. If the Bruins lost, you would have been like, what? you didn't deserve to lose. Like, Arizona deserved to get their asses handed to them. Mainly because yeah. of Taylor Hall. But... Like, Vegas didn't deserve to lose that game last night. They were the better team for 60 minutes. It says Crawford really stole that game. I mean, he was all over the place. Yeah. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, Darcy Kemper, I don't know if can steal a series, but I know Carey Price can steal a series. Yes. Corey Crawford could steal a game in this series. I don't see them stealing the rest of the series. Like, I don't see Vegas dropping three straight games, four straight games. I just don't. I just think I think they're the better team, and, and the hot goaltender had a better night playing two nights in a row. Like, in Vegas' power play just wasn't clicking last night, and it, it, it turned out to be a thing. It's just like, you know, Pasternak. You know, without Pasternak, yeah, Carolina could have won this series. Should have won tonight. Should have absolutely won tonight. Um, 
which is more deflating, losing a game in five overtimes or blowing a two-goal lead in the third period with less than, what the fuck was there, 14 minutes to go when the Bruins actually fucking scored a goal? I would say the five-overtime game because you're playing your heart out for what is essentially almost three games and losing and then having to come back at, you know, in short order. So that to me would probably be more deflating because you played basically right. three games. But look at it this way. The Bruins scored four goals in less than seven minutes. Could it be like what happened in Oakland the other day where they ended up being tied in the fifth inning, two to two, and when the fifth inning was over, it was 11-2 Oakland? Hmm. So I got I got a baseball question for you. Sure. You know, I got a lot of people – chirping, and already, you know, 16, 17 games into the season, 20 games for some teams, eight games if you're the Cardinals, and... Yeah, 10, game. 10 of, games if you're the Cardinals. <laughs> a lot of people are complaining about the possibility of having a 400 hitter. And, and Charlie like, Black. okay. Well, yeah, besides Charlie Blackman, you have LeMahieu at 411. I think uh, Soto was over... I think it was like four or five the other day. Listen, I think we, we all can understand this was a short season. But a 400 hitter is a 400 hitter. If they go, they all played the same amount, well, roughly. Yeah. So it, I have no problem with somebody hitting 400 and it being in the record books as a 400. You know, yeah. As a as a historian, you're going to have to look it up and you have to see it and uh, judge it as such. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but people are like, I, I have people screaming on Facebook. I mean, screaming out their lungs, saying how you know this should never happen. It shouldn't be allowed, and any type of record should be stricken from the record books. So Charlie Black, Blackman should not be recognized as a 400 hitter. Um, yeah. Yeah. 400, any of those, the 400s, ERA, the, yeah, ERA, 400, I am completely okay with that. You know, like, I'm okay with not recognizing a 400 hitter this year, right? Like, I completely, I, I'm completely okay with that. Like, if somebody broke the home run record, fuck, go ahead. I definitely acknowledge that guy. <laughs> well, if you could no. break it in 60 games, that would be amazing. Yeah, like, test him, you know, because he's in, like, three games. Um, or, like, one and a half a game. But, or it, he might be hitting eight a game if he plays for St. Louis and only gets ten games in. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think. And look, in the a season is a season thing. 
I don't even think you can go that. Like, if somebody wins the Triple Crown this year, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because everybody's basically playing the same. Because it's a cumulative thing. But if if somebody hits 400, I have a huge problem with that. Like, 406 still means something. 406 may be the only baseball record that means anything. 406 and 56 are the only ones that mean anything. I can't see anybody getting 56. No. No. And that that will never – because you know what, guy, Pitchers are so much better now. Everybody throws gas. You know, like – and you know what? Think about it. DiMaggio started every day. Guys do not – you know what? There's less pinch hitting now, so you can't even say that. Like, could you imagine if a guy's got a 35 game hit streak and he loses it because he pinch hits? The strikeout record will never be broken. Can you imagine somebody I don't know. pitching? You're, you're like facing Yankees enough. You have. A, I was gonna say you're facing Yankees enough. You have a chance. <laughs> Leave Sanchez alone, please. Just because I've been having fun with her head. You know, we He's talked playing. about pitchers being anemic. We might have to uh, figure out somebody to hit for uh, Sanchez. Let's get Eric Krantz. <laughs> but, like, I, I yeah, look but, at it. Like, yeah, I can't. The ERA. You know what? ERA, I'm not even. I'm okay. I don't even know if I'm okay with that. This guy's going to have 12 starts. Listen, you know, like, I'm okay with recognizing the person. I don't think he's going to put If you want to put, say, hey, listen, Charlie, I don't know if we can count this for the record. Like, if you hit 410 for the season, I don't know if we can call that the record. Because you did it in... What sixty percent less games? Twenty four at bats, two hundred forty at bats, and that's if he gets to two hundred forty at bats. Look, you know what? I'm I'm okay with just playing this out right now, enjoying it while it lasts, and when the season ends, let's debate it at that point. How about what, you know? You know what? I, I say let's not debate it and be like, look, if you break a, if you hit 400, like if you hit 400, you hit 400. But you know what? At some point, you got to put an asterisk next to it. But they don't put an asterisk next to anything. That they should because this is the only time. Yeah, but look, every other time when they would have put an asterisk, I mean, they did have an asterisk for a very long time on Roger Mar- Maris. But they don't have one for Barry Bonds. Because he did it within the rules. Right. No, I agree with you. Maris did it because all those fucking baseball writers and the the commissioner at the time said, you know, to break Ruth's record. Yeah, he had to hit it on 154. And And if you think about it, first year. 
of 161, or was that? That uh... yeah, was the first year of 162. Yeah, well, yeah. But, and if you really think about it, the night that was their 154th game for the Yankees, fucking weather was terrible. And Maris hit two balls that should have went out. You know, like, and then they that put a, a fucking knuckleballer in. Great and phenomenal. Yes. Billy I Crystal did a great job with that. Well, because he was a Yankee fan. I mean, huge Yankee fan, yeah. But, like, I think... I, I, I just think when you look at the whole the whole thing, it's if Blackman gets if Blackman's at three ninety nine on the last day of the year, and like let's just say he's at three ninety nine four and not three ninety nine five where they'll automatically round it up to four hundred. Celebrate the fact that he hit that. You know, like we weren't if O'Neill had hit four hundred and ninety four because they played 112 games or wherever the fuck they played. I don't remember what the number was. They would have acknowledged that. And they said they were. That's still double the length of what they played this year. See, that, that just brings up an interesting point. It's like, if you, would, if you were to acknowledge O'Neill on a 112 I don't remember if it was one twelve. I thought I could be wrong. Right, be I, wrong. I'm just saying whatever that, that was. I think it was around. It was just over the, the hundred mark. So if it was one ten, one twenty, somewhere in that area, it wasn't a full one sixty one. That's for sure. And I think they started somewhere in May. You would have lost about. 30 that was ninety five. Ninety five. They started in May. And they played like one forty four. Okay. Ninety four was one. I think he played like one twenty because him and Tony Gwynn were hitting like three fifty plus. Damn, I miss O'Neill. Yep. I also am at the point where I can't listen to a Yankee broadcast. Um, three to one, St. Louis. I am. I will take the broadcast with Cone and O'Neill and Kay. It's ooh. any day over Waldman. So, oh, well, <laughs> Waldman that, that, Steiner. <laughs> I don't know. Is he still out with the COVID? No. You know, dude, I'm not listening. So I can't. Honestly, tell you. So they had Ricky Romero, uh, Ricky Ricardo doing games a couple weeks ago. The hell is it? Yeah, so 94, when Gwen hit 394. Yeah. And that was in 110. 95 was a. He did. He hit in 135. And what did O'Neill do? O'Neill hit like 341 or something. 351. 359 in 94. 
and then 395. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at his career, he was a great Yankee. I mean, 311, 359, 300, 302, 324, 317, 285, 260, uh, 260 last year. He was a 300 hitter with the Yankees in his career versus what, you know, when he played for Cincinnati, he was at 259. Well, he definitely got helped out by the short porch. Well, but he and, also and played on better he, teams. But he also credited, Like, what were his um, numbers in 90? In 90? Yeah, because that was like the only good Cincinnati team he played on. 270, 16 home runs, 78 RBIs. And he played on fucking that shit AstroTurf every game. Right. But he crashed Mattingly a lot because um, in Cincinnati, he says, they expected him to be a home run hitter. Yeah. And once he came to the Yankees, you know, Mattingly said, go for the doubles. And then he became a pure hitter with the Yankees. Like, if you look at his first year, well, his last year with Cincinnati, his first year with the Yankees, 246 to 311. Yeah. And a better one. Not that bad. You know, um, and, of course, his short ports did help. You know, but, you know, I think his whole approach changed. You know, when he met Donnie, and Donnie told him, you know, because Donnie was, listen, even diminished Donnie was a great double yeah. hitter. You know, and, yeah, he and, lost his power, but, you know, with the back, but he could still hit doubles all day long. And and, and also, don't forget, you also had Boggs there. Like, you learned from Boggs. Right. You learned, you know. Yeah, but he credits Donnie a lot, man. He he said, "Oh you know, no, I'm not saying people. I'm not I'm not taking it away from Donnie, right. but I'm just saying like, if you get to sit there every day and watch, you know, either you know Donnie, Donnie and Boggs, you know, and they're right they're in right in the in the lineup. You know, he's probably serving the chicken to Boggs. Yeah." To strip that chicken juice on my bat. <laughs> yeah, help the ball come off a little bit better. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I mean, it really is a great. Like, if you're a young ball, because what? Well, he just turned thirty, so he just really started scratching the the peak of his career. And then you get to pick the brains of. Listen, say what you want about Don. You know, Donnie was. He should have been if he didn't get hurt. He would have been a Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't know if it was, was. When did he start to get hurt? When did he first get hurt? I want to say it was ninety. See, the problem with Manningly is, is he, he, had, he had those he, dominant. He was dominant. He had dominant he had years, the, but if he had like two more dominant years, like he was dominant to like eighty-six, and then he was like he plateaued eighty-seven. Right, and then it's still, and then it started to go down. Like, yes, if he's the like we were having this conversation the other night, if he's the first baseman for those Twins teams, and not Ken Herbeck putting up the same numbers, it's probably in the Hall of Fame. 
what hurts him is is that was like one of the I think eighty seven is when he really got hurt. Because then you see, yeah. like, the power was sapped. Because yeah. after 87, where he hit 30 and 115, well, hit 327, the 30 mm-hmm. dropped to 18. And then he only got over 20 one other time, which was the next year. But then, yeah, it was, like, it was a sharp decline. And it was because of the back. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, So like, but if you like, you look at Manly. So from '83, when he wasn't even a full-time player. So from '84, right? Right. '84 to '87, he was probably the best player in the game. Best player in the game. I put him right up there. Oh. Best, you know, definitely I put him best offensive first baseman in the game. And I'm oh, not yeah. even say anything about his defense because the defense was Gold Glove straight throughout. Yeah. You know, so he was – okay, let's go – you're probably going to rank him number one major league first baseman during those four years. So, like, if you look at 84 through 89, right, go with those as, like, his big years, his best years. Sixty-two extra base hits that year. Fifty-four that year. Seventy that year. Eighty-six that year. Hmm. And so, I mean, he led the league in doubles three straight years. He led the league in hits twice. Mid league RBIs once, batting average once, slugging OPS, you know, total bases that two years. Old. Yeah. I mean, at Grand Slams one year. That that year where he fucking hit three fifty two. Come on, who the fuck hit? Who's higher than that? What shit. Because eighty four was him and Winfield, right? That I think they were going to the. They're going to the end of that year. Hold on. Who the fuck? He hit 352 and he didn't win the fucking batting title. What the fuck season was that? Who the fuck had a better batting average that year? 86. I'm going to look it up right now. I am too. Team batting. Standard batting. Players, batting leaders. Wait, oh, Boggs. He was fifth in the league that year. Wait, hold on. 357. That was Boggs. Yep. So it was him and Mattingly, one, two. Yep. Everybody else and was Boggs 28. And, and if you really think about it, Boggs played in 13 less games. Had 50 less plate appearances. Boggs walked 105 times that year. And what did Donnie do? Well, Donnie walked 53 times. But it's amazing. Like, you look at Donnie. 
he walked more than he struck out. Look at you know, look at his whole career. Yeah. Come on. He struck out the year he hit three forty three, he struck out thirty three times. When he hit three fifty two, he struck out thirty five times. That's a week for Aaron Judge. Yeah. yeah. He struck out four hundred and forty four times in his career. That's wait. He struck out 444 times in his career. I just want to look this up for shits and giggles. Aaron Judge in his career? Is that what you're uh, looking? Dude, how did, how did you exactly know where I was going? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is still not the best Aaron in baseball. In five years. Yes. He walked 127. Think about this, though. The year he struck out 208 times, he walked 127 times. And he only hit 284. How fucking stupid is that? Garrett Judge is still not Five years. Well, six years. 426. And he's been hurt. Yeah, say, say what you want. Um, I'll give you a better one. Holy, Ready for this one? Wait, go I got it. one even better for you. This guy is in the major leagues eleven seasons. He has struck out thirteen hundred and eighty-six times. Who is it? Name that player. In how many years? Eleven. Obviously, he's playing now or no? He's playing now. <laughs> Ryan Braun? Nope. Oh. Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, yeah, I was going to look him up, too. Okay, so when Donnie was doing his thing, one of the most prominent strikeout people of his generation played 11 years, 1,409 strikeouts. Reggie Jackson. Uh, Rob Deere. Rob Deere. Holy shit. I've heard that name forever. Who's another good strikeout? Um, Pete Incavelia. What was his... I think he struck out a lot too. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, twelve years, twelve hundred and seventy-seven strikeouts. Led the league twice in strikeouts. And the only reason why he doesn't have more is because after '96, he was a part-time player. Actually, after '94. Here you go. He was a guaranteed. He was guaranteed hundred strikeouts a season. Cecil Fielder. Oh, my God. Cecil Fielder, 1,316. And that was in what, 12, uh, 13 years? 13 years. You know the whole his thing last him and uh, his son, right? No. When they retired, they retired with the same number of home runs. Did they? 319? Yeah. Wow. Wade Boggs in 18 years struck out 745 times. 
in 18 years. But, but he walked 1,400 times. I bet towards the end of Boggs' career, he struck out more. There's been only one time in his career where he had more strikeouts than walks, and that was his first year in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And he struck out eight more times. If you really think about Boggs' career, like, as opposed to Mattingly, Boggs came up in 82 and played the whole season. Mattingly came up as a September call-up. Mattingly's first two seasons, he wasn't an everyday player. Nope. So, like, if you went from, like, all right, so if you're going from 84 to 95, Boggs struck out 541 times. So a full 100 times more than Mattingly. Or 97 times more. I bet in more games. Right. The only thing that Donnie really didn't do was he didn't walk as much. No. You know, Boggs has him in spades on that. I mean, in spades. (sighs) Yeah, he walked 588 times. Mattingly didn't need to, but if you even think about it, like Mattingly's on-base percentage in 94 was 397. He only had one. 82 was his only year under 300. But, you know, they're also different. They they were different ball players in terms of what they were expected to do. Yeah. You know, Boz is a table setter. Donnie was the run yeah. producer. Boggs was the leadoff hitter for a lot of his career. Right. Donnie was number three. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're both double machines. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, like, one of my favorite things is to see Donnie hit doubles. Because that's, I mean, he just, like, and, you know, he just drilled the ball. I mean, down the line. The other way, you know, he was a. Easily my you know what the sad player. part is? If you look at the stats from the um, 95 um, playoffs, no, the division series. Right. Donnie was great. Donnie, Donnie and Tino have almost exactly the same numbers. Like, it is scary how close these numbers are. Yeah, the the Yankees loss was definitely not not Don's fault. No, it definitely wasn't. It was Buck Showalter's fault. No. No, I mean, he he really was amazing in that series. Tino was uh, Edgar Martinez was amazing in that series. His numbers yes. were fucking stupid, right? Tino was nine for twenty-two, four runs scored, a double, a homer, five RBIs, three walks, four strikeouts. That's Tino, right? 
Got caught stealing once. Donnie, 10 for 24, three runs, four doubles, a home run, six RBIs, a walk, five strikeouts. Edgar, 12 for 21. Egg, fuck it, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Two home runs, two RBIs. Three doubles. <coughs> and then he absolutely been in Cleveland. His on-base percentage was 667. Oh, the whole team disappeared against Cleveland. They blew their load. Okay. Like you saw that that series, that win, took so much out of them. Yeah. Well, they had to come back from three games down. Yeah. Well, two games down. Two games down, whatever. And then so uh, the that Yankees last are game was the innings. Yeah. Griffey coming around. Let's see. Griffey, Edgar Martinez was two for twelve. Tino was three for twenty-two. Griffey was Griffey has surprisingly good series. Um, nobody. A Rod was zero for one in the strikeout. But their pitching was shit too. Yeah. Andy Bennis gave up. Had a fucking twenty-three ERA. Like they, they just. They just didn't have it. It was well that pitching staff outside of Randy Johnson. It was shit. It was. You know what was it? He said Sokol was the closer. Could have been. Yeah, I mean, Norm, like no, really, Norm Charles. Well, no, he was in their pen. He wasn't the closer. Yeah, no, he was the only guy that had saves for him. It was Norm Charles. Because. I think at the end of it, uh, they didn't trust anybody but Charlton because Pinello was riding Charlton hard in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Jeff Nelson, he, he was, look at that trade, though. But if you really think about that trade the Yankees made with them to get Tino, what a fucking right? steal for the Yankees that was. It was Lowers for Tino and, um, and Nelson. No, it was Russell little... Davis. It was Russell That's Davis. Right. Russ Davis. And um, Sterling Hitchcock for Tino and Jeff Nelson. Or Jeff Nelson was like a throw-in later. Was that Cash or was that uh, Watson? That was Watson. But Cash was there. That was Blue. Pinella made that deal. Pinella called Tino up because... Yeah. Because Tino's like... I mean, uh, or related, or was it O'Neill that's related to... Pinella. I think O'Neill is. Tino just grew up around him. Like, Tino's brother-in-law is friends with Lou. And then Tino grew up with uh, Luis Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Right, the Tampa connection. Yep. I actually went to the University of Tampa once just to see Tino's number on the wall. What a nice camp he was, that is too. He, he's a good ball player. Like he listen, he, you know, he'll never go into the Hall of Fame or get consideration for the Hall of Fame. No, but he never would. He, but like he is somebody that you want on your team. You know what I look you at know, this? Look at it this way with Tino. How many guys not only replace Manny, one legend, he also, but replace a second legend, McGuire. And he did it good too. 
it, like that first season with St. Louis, he, I think he was good with St. Louis. Let's see here. But they were trying to get, they wanted Pujols to play first. Right. Listen, the writing was was on the wall. Yeah, like, I, I remember talking to Tino in, like, 08 when he was coaching at USF. And I said, do it all over again. He goes, find a way to stay with the Yankees. Yeah. So, he goes, he 262, 273, which is Tino numbers. 2175, 1569. A little low, but. But how many games did he play that second year? 138. 138 both games. And then he comes did to the Yankees really? and hit 17. And had a run. great year. And, and, yeah. and, and, like, and he had like, what, plantar fasciitis for like a month and a half. Like it was like when everybody and their mother now started getting plantar fasciitis. But like he had a good. That that second come off to the Yankees, I tell you right now, he saved they trade for most of that season. He saved them at he first. Carried, got to, yeah, right. He carried them that you know through parts of that because he remember he wasn't supposed to be a starting first baseman. They brought him back as a bench no. player. I remember when he came back when he came onto the field when they announced him on opening night in '05. Right, because remember they opened the season against the Red Sox on a Sunday night. Right. I remember when that state when they announced when Bob Shepard said number twenty four, Tino Martinez. That fucking place you would have thought the fucking Beatles showed up. And I honestly believe Brian Cashman makes the deal six months earlier. In July, at the deadline in July, to bring him back, they never lose to the Red Sox. I can see that. Never lose to the Red Sox because he wouldn't let them lose. Like I said, you know, what was it? Tony Clark hit the ball that bounced into the fucking stands on the double that would have given him the game winner. Yep. Right, Tino fucking probably hits that ball down the line, and it, Tino never gets that much carry on the ball, so I think bangs off that three foot high wall. Dude, great Yankee, you know. He was it. He'll never he'll never be a, a Hall of Famer, but I will say Yankee this. This may be eyes. my biggest problem. With, this may be my biggest problem with Posada on the wall. Who is more important to four Yankee World Championships? Tino or Jorge Posada? We have to think about it. I, I don't have to. Listen, you know, switch hitting cat, offensive catcher. You okay. know, he was also he, but, he was also hard, but, you know, hard that team. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. He wasn't the everyday catcher. He didn't play every day in ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I wrote the blog. I remember. 
He wasn't. He was barely there in '96. He wasn't. He was barely there in '97. Right, and his everyday started in 2000 after the Royal Girardi left. Yeah. So again, who was more responsible, or who could you direct? Who was more responsible for four Yankee World Series? Because if you ask me, Posada only has four. Well, besides Posada in between Posada and Dino. I, that, that's tough. I'm, you know, let's make it a point to not wait a month between shows, and <laughs> let me <laughs> let me really think about this because, like, I value what Posada brings a little bit more than what I than what I value Tino brings because for me, a switch hitting catcher is probably a little bit more important. He was a switch hitting second baseman. Let let let's not get it twisted. He was a switch hitting second baseman that couldn't play second base. So like I, I got them up in front ball. of me right now. You know, if you look at just in terms of like just the base stuff, you know, I'm not gonna go into detail, which is why we'll wait until next month to really get into it. But <laughs> if you look at the, the, do, just the career war just if you look at the career war. All right. Tino's at twenty nine. We both watched every game in that run from ninety six to two thousand. Yeah. I test. Who's more and I'll even include O nine for you. Who was more important? I'm going to disagree with you here. If he asked me to, to do a gut check right now, and listen, I get, like, he was, Tino was the number four hitter. You know, no, he, he was getting you the, the Bernie four, was the four hitter. Well, you know, he's getting you the, the 40 bombs, the 30 bombs. He was driving in the, you know, he became the four hitter. No, he wasn't. He never <laughs> hit four. He was five. He was never the four hitter. It was always Bernie. It was, it was, it was, it was, Navi, Jeter, Jeter, Paulie, Bernie, Tino. You know, it, it it really is hard to say that. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to pick out who was. I'm just trying to say like, why isn't 24 on the fucking wall and on, and why is it on this dipshit's back? That's what I'm trying to get at. Because does twenty one belong as, on the fucking wall? Absolutely. Does twenty four belong on the fucking wall? Absolutely. And they belong there eight, light years before fucking Ori Posada. I'm sorry. Mm. I, 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 mm. I get Yankee fans' obsession with Posada. He fucking sucked. And the, that, that bullshit he pulled at the end of his career that night against the Red Sox is the reason why his number doesn't belong on the wall. Hmm. The fucking the fact that twenty one's not on that wall yet it is uh, twenty four fucking no twenty one too twenty one's not on there either. That's right. It's nice to have, it's nice to have a plaque in Monument Park, but your number belongs out there. 
Well, you can't uh, you can't require everybody's number. But you haven't given O'Neal's out in fucking twelve in twenty years. And when you did give it out, with Troy Hawkins got fucking booed out of it. They gave it to Sanchez, or they gave it to Cano, and everybody was like, "Okay, we like Robbie Cano." Blah, 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 blah. Right? Because they knew Clemens was coming back. That's why he right. changed his number to twenty-four. Right. Cano but didn't deserve he, to wear number twenty-four. Like the only person in there's three people in Major League Baseball that I would give those two numbers out that are active players right now are who. If, if if you really are thinking about this, and this guy came to the Yankees, and to give him 21 and 24, who would they be? Not to, And I know one of them would never ask for either number. So, I don't know. Right. If Mike Trout okay. asked for 21, would you give it to him? A heartbeat. Yep. If Bryce Harper wanted number 21, do you give it to him? 